Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your co-host Cliff Schechter, here along with the illustrious John Aravosis. I'm back! It's the screaming goat. It's the screaming Greek goat. I'm back! Somehow John found his way back from Chicago to the East Coast. Yes. He was a lot like Moses. There's a lot of time in the desert, it seems. Four canceled flights in one week. Insane. <laughs> and my flight was half empty yesterday, by the way, which I thought was very strange. Well, Literally half empty. That's, why we, that's one of the big reasons we canceled our trip to where to a place where our guest today happens hmm. to live, yep. which is a great segue to our guest. Yes. Uh, we, we're, we're talking to a great political consultant, an activist, a journalist, uh, a man about town. Great American. What else do we call you, Tom? We're with Tom Watson, everybody. Great name, by the way. Yeah, also, I guess. Though, he's not quite as populist as, as the guy he's named after. But also not a golfer. I'm a, I'm a rather terrible golfer. Yeah. Oh, is that a golfer? <laughs> Me too. But I am persistent. Uh, Tom Watson is a – you've never heard of Tom Watson, the golfer, John? Of course not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not into golf either, but like he's up there I know Jack Tiger Woods. Jack Nicholson, Palmer and Jack Nicholson, yeah, Jack he's up, Nicholas. He's, he's up there pretty close with those guys. He's an really? all-time great. Never, That's never the only reason I know who he is. Never. I don't. Except I unlike you. Nicholas, unlike Nicholas, I'm not a Trumpster. So yeah. there you go. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh. oh God, oh, well. Nicholas is. Oh my God. Earl Palmer was. All, I mean, golfers. Oh, geez, white often come from wealthy, yeah. you know, families in the middle of the country. Yeah. In any case, um, away from golf to politics. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different things today. Uh, yep. Sedition, which sedition. is uh, what a show. That, uh, it's an important topic, I, even if we sing about it here and there. There's a lot going on. January 6th committee, other things. Um, but um, urine. First, uh, urine. Yes, urine. If, you, if There's people that seem to think that uh, it's uh, sterile and they like the taste. That's a dodgeball movie reference. Tastes better. Yeah. Was it taste be- What's the, what <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, Tom? Oh, of course. Patches of Hulahan. I don't yep. have to drink my own urine, but I do. And yeah, I, like look, I, 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 I played a lot of dodgeball as a kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> I hope you weren't the one that got. Eh, I was. Um, a, I was the dodgy. <laughs> I, was, I was mostly the dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very good. I was very good at holding out till it was just me and like the star athlete on the other side. And then yes. I was trying to dodge. You know, so. Well, we smart okay. kids were very good at hiding. That's it. There you that's go. Well, that's good. Yes. So that's respectable. In any case, we are, we aren't just talking about that for the hell of it. There, you, you should have figured folks we get there eventually. We started with bleach and then we got to, you know, sheep dewormer. And, and now we're at a point where there is some, yeah. some, somebody with a lot of followers, sadly, yeah. who is urging them not to take the approved and completely safe and incredibly uh, successful uh, vaccine. Instead, drink your own piss. That's yep. the way to do it. Yeah, um, it's the new bleach. Exactly. Um, but but there's Rand a guy Paul. yesterday, there's oh, a state sorry? senator yesterday in, oh, before we get to Rand, oh, right, there's right. a state senator yesterday in, in Indiana who's, he's now taking it that next step we knew was coming and says that we should be teaching impartiality around Nazism because, you know, both sides. Oh, yeah. Right. That's important stuff, too. So all that we'll talk about. But we're going to start with uh, Dr. Fauci apparently just ripped the living shit. Uh, out of, by the way, we can say that on this yeah, podcast, yeah. Tom, uh, out of um, Rand Paul, and um, I'm here for it. I'd like to hear it. So 
Uh, there's a hearing going on this morning. Fauci's there. Fauci, uh, Dr. Fauci has a, uh, who's our top COVID guy in the U.S. government, 50 years in government, heads the National Institutes of Health. I think it's, I think it's NIH he held, he heads, um, or it, it, anyway, part of it he heads, whatever. But he, um, hugely important guy. And anyway, he has been running, having run-ins with Rand Paul, who's a Trumper, used to be libertarian. Now he's just kind of a Trumper. Um, a member of Congress who routinely lies about COVID now and everything else, but he, I, I think, um, yeah, well, I think it's important when just how do you, how do you Paul, explain who he is? Well, yeah, I, I think he was Dr. proto Rand Trump. Paul. I think he was proto Doctor, Trump. Yeah, I think he was when the classic example, Mitch McConnell had endorsed somebody else, and Rand Paul ran that primary. That was the Tea Party wave, and mm-hmm. he ran at that point as people thought, "Oh, libertarian, you're giving him way too much credit." I'm not a libertarian; I don't agree with it, but that's way it's too not. much credit. Yeah, he, was a neo con- he was a neo-confederate is what he is. He, oh, he, believes in, point. he doesn't believe in individual rights. He believes in states' rights, which you can often hear him talk about. He thinks it's fine for states to ban homosexuality and abortion. He originally right. just said he didn't think the federal – it was all anti-federal government, yep. conspiratorial, right-wing garbage. And yeah, tied very closely like – yeah. yes. Tied yeah. very closely to the shit you'll see on RT. So no, no surprise that – that uh, with the Paul family, including his dad, who ran for president, was a congressman. The Paul family love for all things Russia and Vladimir Putin. He was he went over and delivered a message at one point for Trump. He was Trump's messenger. Um, we could say a lot more. John McCain yeah, yeah. once referred to him as the senator from the Kremlin or something like that. Oh. <laughs> so there, that's that's Rand yeah. Paul. And, and and I think yeah. the last thing I'll say is just one of the biggest assholes in there. Yeah. Beyond all the politics of it, there's plenty of people whose politics in there, Republicans, I can't stand. But he's really on a level with very few others. I might might put Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan and maybe Matt Gates there. And I mean, just an utter right. just complete dick. So with so, that introduction. Yeah. yeah. So so there has been a history of the last several months of, of Paul attacking Fauci as part of the larger Republican attack on Fauci, because you'll all recall how, for whatever reason, and we can talk about that too, Tom, maybe get your opinion afterwards, on why is it the Republicans have decided that attacking Fauci and trying to get him to resign and, or be fired is somehow beneficial. But that's what they're doing. Paul has claimed that, you know, Fauci was actually behind the Wuhan virus because he helped fund it and all this kind of, all these kind of lies. And Fauci he has repeatedly said it's a lie, and he's and he's increasingly called Paul out on this in very strong terms. Today, he did it again. So this is Fauci at a hearing taking on Rand Paul, and you have to see it on TV because you literally see the TV flip back and forth from Rand Paul's face where he's speechless to Fauci saying this. The last time we had a committee of the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people which is really irresponsible. And I said, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life that threats upon my life, the harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well, it, it, it makes a difference because as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested 
who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C., at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, attacked that your colleagues and then, and then it, it gets cut off. And then Fauci wanted to finish up with another sentence and the committee chair wouldn't let him, which I thought was incredibly nasty. Good. Democrat. He said, let me just I've got one more one more point to make. No, no, we've really got to move on. Yay for the Democrats. We're on a roll and we shut the guy up. Did the committee, did they shut Rand Paul up at least? Paul was not allowed to say anything, but Paul started it, of course, and that's why he was, Fauci was responding. Well, they should let him say something else, of course. Tom, jump in. Let's let Tom talk. I I believe that's what's known as going all next door neighbor on Rand Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, does anybody wonder, not advocating violence, want to be very clear, does anybody wonder why Rand Paul's neighbor wanted to punch him in the face? I mean, if I live next door to that guy. I would probably want to punch he's, him in the face he, every day. Yeah, he's a despicable person. He and it, it, he's you know, and it, I think a lot of this we we're talking about this you know go, goes goes back to where these guys mm-hmm. came from. They're not really libertarians. They come from the states' rights. They come from the old newsletter days with these radical right wing newsletters, yeah. and it's evolved to where it is now. And they will say anything, bold face lies in public, just to just to keep that money flowing right. and to and, and and to push the warped vision of this country that they all hold so well, dear remember when when um when Rand, when ron paul Rand's dad apple does not fall far from the tree he seems at least when he talks it may just be because he's old he's, he doesn't seem as well, crazy he seemingly though, or, has been I mean, he's crazy seemingly, but, you know seemingly been older yeah. for about 30 years now <laughs> but but when he when he ran for president even how many cycles hmm. ago and he was older he doesn't talk in the same nasty way. Right. But like when right. they went back and they looked at the newsletters, Tom has it exactly right that he was sending back pre, you know, like when the internet was not either it existed but wasn't the thing it is today. 80s, a lot of it, I think, was in the 90s, early 2000s. Like these were, they had, uh, it had eugenicist theories on whites being yeah. superior to blacks. It had all sorts of anti Semitic, you know, Jews controlling money conspiracies. I mean, all that garbage you now see coming from the sort of the far militant, you know, Christian right, the NRA far right, you know, militias and all that, and and pumped in here by by those types of figures abroad who want to influence us, Vlad Vlad Putin's people and all that. Ron Paul was an early adopter of all that when the Republican Party still shunned that stuff at least, you know, in in appearance externally, and was much more about. The world, you know, the world working together and being pro NATO and and all and being pro civil rights and all this stuff. Ron Paul was was doing that, and Rand Paul has been doing that since. As, as I mean, I'll just remind you of one fact, I and mean, then I will close my mouth, kick it to John or, or Tom. When Rand Paul first ran, people will forget this now, but it was a huge controversy. I'm trying to remember, was that in 12? He's up again now, isn't he? So it would have been in 12, not 10. 
uh, that, that Rand Paul ran, I think. Um, he initially came out and opposed the Civil Rights Act, uh, and yeah. that became a that became a big argument and a big thing was that he said, "Well, I don't think the government should be able to force private companies, you know, to let people who are black or Jewish, even if I don't agree with it, which he does agree with it, but whatever." Uh, and, it's, and then he had to be reminded, like, "Yeah, well, those you know country clubs of yours and, and places they're using roads that public money goes to, and universities that get public money are, are educating their workforce." And, you know, so shut the fuck up. But I mean, that's just so you know who Rand Paul is. Yeah. If he had his way, then he quickly backed off because he had you. But he probably won't have to anymore. Yep. He, then, he would it, he it would all, have opposed the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It all, it all comes out of white supremacy. You know, yes. at the end of the day, that, that is a, that is the thread that binds their garment together. And it goes and it goes back generations. I you know, mentioned the newsletters, but it comes out of the. You know, it's we're talking about voting rights today, and a lot of this backlash has been building for almost for 60 years, 50 or 60 years. And it's multi-generation. The Pauls are an example, but it's it and and it's and Trump has opened the floodgates to the permission aspect of it in terms of being able to say this stuff publicly. And so now it's all out there throughout the country, including here in New York. Yes. I think on the on the on the side of like what opened it on the sort of negative side. Uh, well, however you want to put this Donald Trump with everything he said and did supporting everything these guys did, never denouncing them. Yes. And then I would say probably something that helped set it off too, was our electing Barack Obama. Because when they realized all yeah, these changes actually allowed us to elect glass. a black person. They were all freaked out and like, Holy crap, we better push back on voting rights and, doesn't change the fact that obviously I'm not, we, we thankfully we elected Barack Obama and fuck them. So don't think that I'm saying, you know, anything but that. But I think a lot of that's where all this is coming from. No, so. I, I totally agree. And the ideological parts, you know, Rand, you know, Rand Paul and his father, and, and they refer to themselves as libertarians or this and that, states' rights. And there are certain issues that drive them, but they they they're flexible. But the, what yes. they, but but. but they're very flexible, especially during the Trump era. But what ties it all together is, you know, this hatred of letting those guys get too much power. The non-white right. males. Not, and hating the federal government. Right. The so-called libertarianism, right, which is more states' rights. It's, they just don't want the federal government coming in. When the federal government comes in, it often actually enforces civil rights, which makes it bad. I mean, that's yep. that's that's the history. No, what do you got, John? Can I actually twist that and not twist that veer that discussion towards um, I was telling Cliff before the show and, you know, it's not clear who directly, but CNN is doing a report on um, voting rights activists are upset with Joe Biden and, and demanding people boycott his speeches like he's going to, I think, Georgia today or tomorrow to give a big speech. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's starting to do sort of a big campaign promoting the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the left. I never know what to call them. I don't even know if you, if you have a suggestion. Don't Tom. say the left because we don't know who these They're people are. They're left of me. Opposing well, no, but, it, yes. well, no, no, no. But I, I, no, fair enough. But I mean, I also had a second point, which is I never know what to call people who are left of me in the in the party or in the in the in the left because <laughs> like progressives they took the word progressives but i consider myself a progressive but they're further left in any case um cnn is saying as i said cnn is saying that there are people calling for a boycott um there has certainly been criticism of criticism of biden and that has been by uh i don't know left of me members of congress um saying he hasn't done enough to, you know, and, and Cory Bush kind of went after, you know, I promise my constituents and you're depressing Democratic vote and everything else. But blaming it sort of on Biden and Schumer that somehow they should be able to magically get 
uh, Joe Manchin to agree to uh, get rid of the filibuster at least for well, and to get rid of the filibuster at least for civil rights legislation. And I just saw Manchin; they just caught him in the hall in the Senate. And what do you think? Manchin said, "Of course, he's not going to agree just for the John Lewis Act to get rid of the filibuster because he said something like, if you do a carve out for one thing, then you've given yeah. them the whole turkey.'" Is his quote? So throwing this to Tom, let me throw this to Tom. I mean, what's the? I feel like Biden's getting criticism for the fact that the idiot voters gave us a 50-50 Senate and Republicans are refusing to work with us. So we need every single Democrat. And guess what? Some of them are too conservative like Manchin. What the fuck's Biden supposed to do? I mean, it's you asked for the definition. Honestly, I, I think it's an um, it's a tactical definition. It's sort of the tactical far left versus regular progressives, liberals, whatever hmm. we used to call ourselves. Because in terms of policy, we're not all that. There's there's not that much uh, daylight between everybody on the sort of liberal left um, hmm. people who at least vote Democratic. So it's it, right. it's often very tactical. Um, there is a theory. Uh, you know, the, which I think is ridiculous of, you know, the real problem is, is the Democratic Party and we have to reform that. And and in, and in no. doing so, we may need to break it up and take a few down cycles and lose to show everybody how bad the Democrats are. Yeah. And that'll get us where we, we must go. lose to win. Exactly. Is that theory it's, known <laughs> as the Sarandon? It's, Sarandon. It's as, yeah, it's the accelerationist yeah. theory, which, which is, yeah, the Susan Sarandon theory. It's terrible. It never works. And frankly, it's. It's disrespectful of marginalized communities who yes. who rely on the programs supported only by the Democratic Party to make their way in life. And so I, 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 I can I put a finer point on it, put a finer point yeah. on it, meaning how are all of these marginalized communities, all of us too, going to deal with four more years of Trump? What damage is well, he going to exactly. call cause so with that we a, can reform the Democratic a, Party? Republican Congress. You know? Yeah. Right. They were the ones that dismissed all the concerns about the Supreme Court. I remember when we were all saying this in 2016. Oh, you're just trying to scare us. Oh, it's never going to happen. Yeah, it fucking happened. Yeah. Oh, it's not about yeah. the Supreme Court. Right. That's just scare tactics. Yeah. Well, guess yeah. what? Good, good move. That tactically brilliant there. Screwed. That's proven not to be. Not to Actually, you know, guys, yeah. what um, yeah. I was watching a series of good uh, special shows on CNN Sunday night, but they've been re-showing it. Uh, Jake Tapper did one for two hours about the insurrection. Uh, Fareed Zakaria did a one hour, but it's about the larger, you know, the larger coup attempt. And Tapper's showed uh, Joe, what's his face? Not Rogan, the uh, Scarborough, Joe Scarborough, the election night after Trump won and basically saying, come on, I'm hearing all this. And now he's a big anti-Trumper, but come on, I'm hearing all this talk about democracy is going to end. Does anybody really think democracy is being threatened by the fact that a talk radio host or TV host or whatever, or a reality TV star won the presidency? Yeah. But it's interesting yeah. how far we've come. And that was, and I won't tell the story again, but Cliff, we've talked about it on the show. I was on BBC radio the night of the election and they basically kicked me off the show after one. They made me wait an hour and a half. Me and a university professor in the States, the professor said, everything's going to be fine. I said, I think things are going to be far worse than any of you even realize with this man. And the BBC host and the guy laughed and poo-pooed me. And the BBC host literally was like, well, thank you, John. We're going to continue with Professor So-and-so. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Professor yeah. So-and-so clearly knew his or her stuff. I want his name now. I want to know who the fuck that was. Yeah, like, hey, professor, yeah, how you doing? Look at you remember the well, date you were on. Look it up and get yeah, it. that's true. 
True. It's pretty easy um, to agree on everything in the faculty lounge, but when but when you're out there in the streets, it's a lot harder. Yeah. So um, well, anyway. Yeah. The point is it's messy, right? And this is what I can't stand is that like sometimes you have to form co- these these purists. Sometimes you have to form coalitions with people you don't like. Sometimes you have to well, form I mean, coalitions with people. Right. Not, I mean, it, to, not that's a great point. Every time. <laughs> right. That's a great point. To get anything done in there. Often you may disagree with people on 98% of things, but if they're there on the 2%, on that 2%, and you might find the 98% abhorrent. But I've said this many times before. You know, as somebody uh, who comes from a Jewish background, if I were in the, in the house, I'd work with an anti-Semite if it was on raising the minimum wage. Like, I'm sorry, but like, this is the real world. You know, look, there's one one. You look, the the Democratic Party can be weak and bad. The other party is the Nazi Party. So, I mean, come on. You know, well, there's it, a, there's a segue. <laughs> we well, have a Nazi. I, we have a Nazi story to discuss as well. We do. Um I just I, I'll just say quickly, I, I think it's important. And I think that's Tom made an important distinction. Yeah, there's a few of these these people who've gotten into who've gotten elected. But for the most part, it's these it's these groups that I don't think are representative of the broader left. I think they're often doing it to build their email lists. They're often doing it to just to raise money, you know, and they're doing it to demagogue. Right. I mean, and, and half of them, by the time you turn around, you know, that's all true. Because suddenly, with classic horseshoe theory, they're on the right, or well, at least they're on the. Great, you know, that is a great point. That's a great point. I mean, if you look at some of the loudest voices who are "quote unquote" on the left in 2016, many of them have horseshoed over to the right now. Um, right. Most of them male, white. Like Greenwald. Well, like there's, Greenwald. Gr- there's Greenwald. There's Taibbi. There's, some, all, there's just uh, pissed off guys, and that yeah. is their ideology. Yeah. But even like Rihanna Joy Gray or whatever the hell her name is. Like she was, you know, oh, yeah. it's, you know, I can't She's support Democrats. She's now she now accepted the money like Glenn Greenwald did to go on Peter Thiel's rumble, of, you know, the the YouTube knockoff. What is that? Right? I don't know what that is. What yeah, you well, you're better. I don't I've never watched it. Oh, you so mean you mean you mean wait, she she's Peter joining Thiel one of started the new... a right wing. I'll yeah. tell you, Peter Thiel with, you Ooh. know, billionaire weirdo James Bond bad guy. Yeah. Um, started a, a started a right wing. Uh, version of YouTube with no censorship because we wouldn't want to censor Nazis and stuff. And uh, on that, uh, he paid. He gave a, a payout, much like what Substack did with some some of these people. Um, he gave a, a, a you know six figure payout to certain people, Glenn among them. Ooh. And Glenn, whenever anybody you know does the NASCAR equivalent of putting their you know putting putting their logo on him, Glenn will fight you all day long and all you know. And, and the right. next week. When he decided he doesn't like that anymore, like Pierre Omidyar, having to pronounce his name, yeah. was like the most wonderful guy in the world. And then Glenn left the intercept that that guy funded. Now he yeah. rips him all the time. Of course. It's, it's, it's a lot. So Brie, or whatever, I don't even call her by Brianne, her name. Joy, cutesy whatever. name, Brianna, whatever her name is. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they paid her, how much they paid her, whatever, if she got the same deal Glenn did. But I know she joined Trump. She joined Peter Thiel's alternative right-wing crack. social media yeah, platform. Jesus crack. Christ. And it was predictable. You know, I, this 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 reminds Jesus. me of the classic moment, speaking of Biden, but the contrast of, you know, go on Joe Rogan, which was one of the big, you know, rallying cries of the Sanders campaign during that brief moment. Yeah. You've got to go on there because, you, you know, Joe Rogan will be able to, to convince people to join the left. And I think we see where that has ended up right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really what they what they meant by that is 
Joe Rogan might convince some people that nominally are still registered as Democrats in the South because that was the party of their pappy and grandpappy and, you know, whoever else in the past. Yeah, he might. So because there are still – I mean, you know, a classic example in in Kentucky, I think there's still more registered Democrats than Republicans. They don't vote that way, so it doesn't matter. It's like Appalachian, Ohio, and places like that, right, the Appalachian part. And they never will. So what their theory is is that, oh, yeah, we'll get them. And really what they meant was – they can still vote in Democratic primaries. Let's go scoop up all the racist, misogynist vote for Bernie in the primaries. And then, if, and then when they get the real thing in a general and it's Bernie versus Trump, they'll all just go over to Trump. I mean, that's really what you're looking at. It might have yeah. helped them in the primaries. There's no way they're voting for him over Trump in a general. So, yep. you know. The white working class. Yeah. Um, so we were going to talk about Nazis. Um, Nazis. I hate those. <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> that's right. I hate Nazis. Nazis. Remember that? That's uh, Indiana Jones, everybody. Yep. Um, yep. So go ahead, Tom. I've, I've got the quotes, uh, unless you've got them and want to read them. Well, if Tom has them, I'd love to give Tom more of a oh, chance Tom, do you to have talk because we're both loudmouths. I did not have them. <laughs> okay. Um, I, just, yeah, I just heard Tom say earlier he, he, he knew. So why don't you read the quote and you react, okay. Tom? Why don't we do it that way? Sure. Okay. State Senator Scott Baldwin, Republican. I didn't see which state, but who cares? Um, Indiana. During- there you go, figures. During a state Senate committee hearing on Wednesday regarding a proposed bill that would prohibit, quote, divisive concepts in school, said educators have gone too far when taking a position on Marxism, Nazism, and fascism, arguing that they need to be impartial. Here's the quote from the guy. Marxism, Nazism, fascism. I have no problem with the education system providing instruction on the existence of those isms. I believe that we've gone too far when we take a position. We need to be impartial. So, okay, so clearly not misspoken here, right? His response, listen to his response, and the ADL is still pissed because his response is horrible. When I was drafting this bill, this is his apology. When I was drafting this bill, my intent with regards to political affiliation was to cover political parties within the legal American political system. Again, let's go back. Marxism, Nazism, and fascism. Okay. He was only talking about American political parties. Okay. Um, So he meant, he meant, American Nazis, we should be impartial to. The Nazi Nazis, we can criticize them, but not the American ones. Um, oh, okay. I didn't in, know that. In, right. in my comments, nice to make that distinction. Exactly. In my comments yeah, really. during wait, okay, one more one more. In my comments, uniform. in my comments during committee, I was thinking more about the big picture and trying to say that we should not tell kids what to think about politics. So he's reiterating we shouldn't tell kids what to think about the Nazis. That's his apology. Yes. Go for it, boys. Well, it, it, it you know. This is an extreme example, but it it, it is a cre- this is this is they the, those guys will put out the most extreme examples so that the next example won't seem so extreme. And I'm not saying it's a it's a mm. you know that the guy is smart and it's a strategy, but it's something that they do. And this goes to the whole Confederacy, you know issue you have to treat the Confederates fairly. You have to there were two sides to civil rights. Which is which is clearly the case. You can't this the whole CRT thing. You can't make white children feel any guilt about you know previous generations for and for kids today. It's, it's two or three generations ago. Um, you just can't teach history. There was no there was no good or bad side to slavery. There was good. There was no good or bad side to Jim Crow. Now is is there no good or bad side to the Holocaust? It's it's yeah. it's crazy, but it, it is where this country's at. Well, there might be a good and bad side. We just shouldn't tell kids what which one it is. Let yeah, them let guess. Them just slide up their own. Um, and it's American Nazis. <laughs> the, the, foreign, the foreign Nazis we don't like. But the American ones, you know, 
I hear there's good look, people on both sides. Look, if you didn't, if you didn't murder like machine gun our prisoners of war in the Ardennes in 1945, you know you're okay. You're just kind of a Nazi here, not a Nazi over yeah. there, right? Um, such an I mean, and, and and Tom brings up an important point because I don't want to get all histor- history, historical and geeky here, but you know we know obviously that 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 black people in this country had gained certain rights. And, you know, we talked about when we had David Pepper on, we've had some other folks on uh, the podcast. And then we know that that was shut down with Jim Crow. A lot of people forget though, one of the, one of the things that helped their argument, there was a school called the Dunning school, the historians back then. And they were all at Ivy league schools and stuff like that. So this wasn't just coming from, you know, the, the, like Appalachia, right. This was coming from, and, and they interpreted their interpretation was, oh, slavery was a benign institution, and whites were able to take care of blacks. Oh yeah, and, you know, and all, and that's yep. what they're trying to get back to. Seriously, they're trying they, to reclaim. Totally. That's the stuff, by the way. If you in, in cultural history, you should know. If you've ever seen Birth of a Nation, uh, if you've ever seen hell, if you've ever seen Gone with the Wind, which makes the South yeah, seem all. Listen, I I, I came from that interpretation of, of of the Civil War. Go ahead. I took a walking tour of Charleston, you know, the old, the old town of Charleston, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, somewhere in that range. And the tour guide was trying to tell, we're a bunch of New Yorkers, we're like not having any of it. And he was like trying to tell us, you know, you know, slavery wasn't really that bad. People were treated well. It's kind of, you know, we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, that old argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they, in, in those days, I mean, look, that's the, the heart of the Confederacy. They, it's a tourist attraction. And it still is to these, and, you know, it, to come to the present day, you look at what Ron DeSantis said, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, about, quote, unquote, teaching liberal liberal people, you know, liberal yeah. teachers, teaching kids to hate in this country. And he wants a law so that parents can inspect the curriculum yeah. to make sure that they're not quote unquote, smuggling in the bad stuff. Now, you know, the idea that parents are paying that much attention to the curriculum is kind of a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's that part too. <laughs> in itself, yeah. they're sending their kids to school. But this is just a wedge. This is this is to get mobs to go to school board meetings and threaten people. And then for those people to yeah. feel afraid at the school board meetings and then to back yeah. down. And yeah. that is literally what is happening. It's not just Florida. It's not just Indiana. It's all around the country. I mean, again, that's all they have is this sort of racist resentment, other resentments, yep. because the Republican Party, you know, their their policy document in 2020 was two pages long and had no policy. I mean, that's how you knew. Yep. It just it's it's all lost cause it's racism, religious. Yes. Yeah. Religious extremism, greed. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, they've they've just well, the whole, you know, the whole lost cause metaphor. You know, Trump is embracing that for himself now. Like he is, yeah. he is, he's going to be the great lost cause. So center, you know, center your your resentment feelings around him, um, which is classic cult of personality stuff. Mar-a-Lago, yeah. Mussolini, all of that stuff. Well, it's Hitler, it's the, it, Jews and and communists and whatever stabbed us in the back. That's why we yeah. signed the Treaty of Versailles. That's why everything's been awful and there's a depression. It's all them. I mean, it's it's yep. it's a, it's it's very similar to that. The big lie. Um, totally. Yeah. So I don't know how we get from this conversation to urine. urine oh, but uh, <laughs> or there's a will. <laughs> or there's a will. There's some pee. Why don't um, you go? Why don't you? Why don't you take it, John? I've and got the. Yeah, I'll read the urine. What, I'll say quickly. We're going to oh, get to yep. what Tom is up to because we oh, want to make true. sure people know. 
But let's after talk about in. after you're yeah, in, and then talk. Let's talk about piss before we talk <laughs> about right. exactly piss, Tom. I'm not piss number first, one. I'm number two. Tom second. <laughs> ah, you're not. Oh, you're number two. Ah, <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, that was well played. John. Um, okay, anti-COVID nineteen vaccine police leader. This was from the Daily Beast. Christopher Key has a new quarter baked quarter baked never heard that i guess it's less like than half baked i think they're taking it even further yeah a little weird conspiracy theory for his anti-vax followers to use to cure call 911 calling an editor <laughs> sorry i'll yeah. stop now but you know what i mean for his anti-vax followers to use to cure come on guys all right i'm, I'm gonna let it this go Just remember i write for the daily beast don't be too mean John. i know but i write for them sometimes too but you know this is not yeah. good editing here to cure themselves of covid19 drink their own urine Quote, the antidote that we have seen now, and we have tons and tons of research, tons, I tell you, is urine therapy. Okay, this is the guy talking. Okay, and I know to a lot of you this sounds crazy, but guys, God's given us everything we need, he said in a video posted over the weekend on his Telegram account after being released from jail over a trespassing charge. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Quote, this has been around for centuries. Oh, that urine, urine only started in the 1500s, folks, just so you know. There was no urine before the Mayflower. Um, this has been around for centuries. <laughs> okay. the, white, the whites brought us urine. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking urine's been around for you know millions of years would be my guess. But um, this has been around for centuries. When Did I tell you this – have urine? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. When I, when I, yeah, the dinosaurs, yes. When I tell you this, please take it with a grain of salt. Well, what does the fuck does and that mean? And some urine. Wait, but what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm telling you to drink urine, but hey, take it with a grain of salt. Which way does right? Um, he says, well, <laughs> I like well, my urine with pepper, if I'm going to be honest. It's just crazy. So, so while, and he again says, this may be cray cray. Now drink urine, exclamation point. This vaccine is the worst bioweapon I've ever seen. I drink my own urine. Reached for common for the Daily Beast. He doubled down on what he called urine therapy and railed against foolish people who took the COVID vaccine. Hmm. Yeah. Can well, we like that, make sure that I don't have to go to the same? I'm never in the same restaurant as this guy. Yeah. Not not just because he probably has COVID because he hasn't taken the vaccine, but I'd really rather not see his teeth or smell his breath. Just saying. All right, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, they, well, I'm just gonna say take. I mean, these guys have been pissing all over our democracy for a long time now. <laughs> it just takes it to another level. I mean, yeah, I guess they just aim the piss backwards instead. It's also that. really dangerous. I, I had Googled this once because they were talking about drinking your own urine when you're, you know, in a plane crash in the mountains thing. It's really dangerous to drink your own urine, apparently. Mm. Not really safe. Um, you know, yeah, funny. I would say it's if you're in a plane crash in the mountains, yeah. search for you know. search, search for a stream. Uh, you may not have a choice if you're in a plane crash in the mountain, but I mean, but doing it to to fight. And actually, he's saying he's been drinking his own urine, which makes it seem like it's not just call your editor it's not just curing covid it's preventing you from getting covid is what this sounds like mm. not that that's any yeah. better but did but he I say mean, whether he whether he likes it on the rocks with a twist or no no that would be actually that would be some fun recipes i got the urine recipe book that'd think be fun that. think about a, a manhattan you just have to replace okay oh god we'd have to we'd have to think of good like urine related names of the drinks what they'd have in them like uh uh what would be a a, a, a yellow Russian, oh. <laughs> a pina colada, a, a pia, oh a pia colada, yeah, that would be fun. Right. I don't know if Tom signed up for our, our pee jokes, so maybe we should. Um... <laughs> I only had the one. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, my bladder is empty. That's okay. All right, so Cliff, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about what Tom has been up to. Let's let Tom talk about it. So I'll just give it the great introduction that again, Tom's been a long time 
very smart, very successful consultant, glad to have him on our side, actually gets messaging, which on our side, sadly, is few and far between. And so he has a new effort. I believe it's in the form of a super PAC, but it's certainly an independent expenditure. Yep. I'll let Tom explain now what they are up to back in uh, the, well, is it in the, just in the Big Apple or it's in all it's, of New York State? It's New York State. Yeah, it's, okay. it's New York State. So, yeah, it's a super PAC called No Surrender New York. Um, and you can find it at nosurrenderny.com if if you're curious. And it is aimed at taking the fight to the radical right in New York. A lot of people listening might think, ah, it's a blue state, et cetera. Hmm. And it is, but we have, there are four New York Republicans who voted against certifying the presidential election after the Capitol attack. Stefanik. I can Malley, think of Tom one. Re- okay. Yeah. You said Jacobs, I, was just, I can think of one Stelvin. really awful one too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're all truly awful. But, hmm. you know, there are there are there. You know, Stefanik is now in a position of leadership in the House Republican caucus. Maliotakis is very outspoken. Zeldin wants to run for governor of New York. So these are people for whom it is, you know, they think that it was good for them politically. We're out to prove that it's not. And our our pack is not aimed at there's a lot of, you know, the. There's a, in Democratic politics in New York, I don't have to tell you guys, it, there's a lot of primaries. I've, wor- I've worked mm-hmm. in primaries. I've been on many different sides in primaries. This is not about the primaries whatsoever. This is about the districts in New York that come out of the redistricting process, which is still ongoing and has weeks to go. But New York has a chance to come out of redistricting, even though we're going to be down one, one seat in Congress. We have a chance to come out of redistricting with districts that could give us a chance to pick up on the Democratic side as many as four or five seats. And we want to make sure that a lot of the messaging is aimed not um, in the classic Democratic circular firing squad, but outside at the increasingly extremist and radical New York State GOP, which is closely aligned with the Proud Boys, closely aligned with really violent and radical elements of the far right, of the MAGA movement with the Trump family, very specifically with the Trump family. And we, we think that New York State, basically on a democratic infrastructure basis, has been missing an effort that really puts us on the offensive against the Republicans all the time. So that's what this, that's what this PAC is aimed at. We launched on November 15th, and we've been doing events and hmm. social and e- we're building our email and all all of these you know all these kinds of things aimed at creating an entity that attacks the republicans and on a pretty relentless basis Good. in a way that a lot of let's just say d triple c type folks would not necessarily do or would get to a little bit later in the process in what sense do you mean that i, I we are we, you mean we are mean. When, when they go low, we will go lower. We go lower. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's, the, it's the Sean Connery scene in The Untouchables, you know. Um, they they send one of yours to the hospital. You send one of theirs to the morgue. I don't mean that literally. Put a big right. asterisk. Right. But yeah. politically speaking, there right. is they so much. They bring a knife, you bring a gun. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to work with. These are radical, radical people who are spitting on American democracy and they say some ridiculous things and they have some ridiculous people on their side. Maliotakis and Zeldin last summer had a fundraiser with Lauren Boebert on Staten Island. And and so the idea that they can skate through here in New York, 
keep their seats and not realize and have New Yorkers not realize who they are aligned with. And it's not just Trump. It's the it's the current crop of crazies in uh, Congress. <clears throat> we want people to realize that. Also, the fact that the chance that we have to hold the House, if there is a chance, it runs a lot. A big part of it does run through New York. And you've seen Dave Wasserman say that Cook political yep. report. Um, but not a lot of people necessarily realize that here in the state, or they'll realize it late. So we want to also use the platform that we're building to call attention to that now. Can I say a few things, John? Yeah. Uh, here's why I, beyond my friendship with Tom and knowing that he's good at this stuff, why I'm so supportive of it. Um, obviously, first and foremost, as Tom said, there's the House. And taking out, you know, the Republicans are cheating and, and doing what they do, gerrymandering. A few of these places, we have the, the means to a governor in a few of these states or a Supreme Court justices or others to overturn some of their worst maps. But a lot of their maps are going to get through. In a perfect world, I don't think it should be done in a partisan way. But in a perfect world, I think lots of things. We live in this world. Exactly. And California choosing to, to give up the ability to do this in a more partisan way and, and going nonpartisan has hurt us. Because of the fact that it's a huge state that's very democratic, where we now can't take advantage of of, of, of getting more democratic districts while they're doing it in Texas and right. Georgia and Ohio. And, okay, but beyond that, what you do in New York, as we know, when it comes to media and politics, doesn't stay in New York, right? New York. Oh, oh, and that was the end of Cliff Schechter. <laughs> Cliff is dead. Yeah. Can I say this? No, Cliff, you can't say this. Well, well, he Cliff was actually raising a you know good point. Yeah, just go on that, and we'll get him back. Yeah, you know, if you look at the media attention that New York politicians look at Mayor Adams, look at the look at um hmm. our, the former Cuomo situation, it all of that stuff went national. Right. It, it is national, and a lot of people resent that. But having the media here, it's important for people to realize that the radical right is active. In New York as well, throughout New York, right. the 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 laws we really don't think about that other than the few crazies protesting. We vaccines. don't. But if you look at so people talk about Virginia and the loss that we had there, what well, that that was bad. But the scarier mm. loss to me was in Nassau County, where we lost the county executive and district attorney races. Is this New Hampshire? Where is this Nassau County on Long Island, New York? Oh, blue, sorry. Oh, right. Blue and Obama Clinton County. Oh, and we elected a radical right-wing county executive. Ooh. That should scare the shit out of people who are on the Democratic side. And we need to invest more in our own states, frankly. We need to build the infrastructure. A lot of people in New York, on, on, you know, not, not. I mean, they should do this, hmm. but they raise money for for candidates, for Senate hmm. races, even even House races around the country. They look, hey, that's it. I'll put send some money to Kentucky, uh, right. West Virginia. They got an outside shot. I'll I'll max out there. They need we need to build more infrastructure here so that some of our donors are maxing out here uh, because this think, stuff is and, in our own backyard. Now I'll say really quick, and then we'll welcome Cliff back to the show. Um, yeah. I think that's part of our large part of what's going on with like DeSantis making all the the comments he's making with parents and everything else. They're just trying to, A, they're trying to keep their voters angry so they vote. B, yep. they're trying to get them to basically take over all the local party apparatus, the local schools, the local everything, so they can not just steal the elections, but so they can basically steal our children. I mean, they always 
They always do what they accuse us of. Guess who's been going? Guess who's been going after your children for decades? It's not the gays. It's, it's the Republicans. That's a point we are. That's actually and the gay Republicans, but that's a different story. No, that's definitely true. We are. We are. That's a. That's a point we are trying to make here too. Pay attention to the school boards. Look who's screaming at at principals and teachers. Look who's bringing their politics into the classroom. The very people who are quote unquote arguing against that. They're literally doing that. Yeah, and it's bad. It's very Welcome bad. back. That's what they do. So where where did I leave off? You were talking about New York, and then Tom chimed just, in more about New York. I would have just kept going um, and probably just <laughs> talked to myself for an hour, which you know maybe it'll become a normal. Well, I even te- I texted Cliff because I had a feeling he may not have been looking at the screen. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, no you're idea, not here right. anymore. Don't worry, don't so, worry, Cliff. We just filled right in there. Uh, well, you, that's the whole point. Is I, I I really am a replaceable part. I mean. You can just chuck me over, especially when you've got Tom here and you got Tom and John. I'm extraneous, exactly. really. Tom, John, John, Tom. Tom. We just um, kept going. <laughs> well, I did. I got to the point where I pointed out about the media. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That is Obviously, that is a key yeah. key. Because media, it, it, we we the Democrats were always like, and I complain about mainstream media a lot, but I always make the dual point that media will cover what you force them to cover, and when we refuse to strongly and regularly state our messaging and really the key truths about Republicans, the media doesn't cover it. Well, yep. if Tom's group is doing that in New York, uh, it will get out wider. But but I, I think, I guess I would say the biggest thing that just pisses me off that I talk about in this show and, and anywhere else that, that they'll have me is when we do the whole thing where we pretend this is all about Donald Trump, as if there wasn't a Newt Gingrich who called politics all out war and a Tom DeLay corrupt as all hell who did what he did to the Republican Party. And the fact that they thought Sarah Palin was qualified to be VP and the Bush administration. I mean, we can go on forever and I'm just not going to bother anymore. People know what I'm saying. This has been going on. They've been radicalizing for generations. Trump didn't cause them. They created the situation. They created a weakness in our democracy where Trump could get elected right. and then take things even further once he was. So when we make this about Trump, I mean, we saw the results of the 2020 election. We beat Donald Trump, and yet we lost House seats. Um, and that is yep. because we ele- and we saw what happened with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, right? Trump, 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 but not the rest of the Republican right. Party. Right. The point is, is that anytime a Republican who's slightly different in temperament and maybe doesn't have a big, crazy, cotton piss cotton candy, as I think uh, Penn of Penn and Teller called it, wig on their head, you know, gets up and looks different, sounds different, and whatever. It, they can be just as evil, but they do it in a much quieter way. They're able to separate themselves because we haven't condemned the entire party, the entire party ideology. I mean, it's not Trump because then who's Marjorie Taylor Greene and who's Lauren Boebert, who's Madison Cawthorn, who's Ted Cruz and who's Josh Hawley, who's Rand Paul. This is their party. So it's absolutely, yep. And so when, when to me, when Tom's group is making the case that, look, these people are seditionists, it's not Donald Trump, at least Stefanik, for her own ambition to rise up and take Liz Cheney's place in leadership, w- w- decide to overthrow our democracy, you know, yep. Yep. Uh, and, and Lee Zeldin and these other. I mean, that is a message that we need to be to, to be reinforcing everywhere. It is yep. not Donald Trump. He is a yep. symptom. He is not the cause. Right. He's made it worse, but they created the conditions that created him. Right. So, Trump, Trump is yeah. a permission slip to what these people already thought, and now right. they they feel comfortable. Right. Lee Zeldin rallied with the Oath Keepers 
in in Long Island like four or five years ago. Hmm. It, the, the, you know, Stefanik, yeah, you could look at her and say she cynically flipped literally overnight to a hmm. completely different position than where she was at. But the, the Republican Party in New York, they they hosted the Proud Boys at the oldest Republican club um, just off of Park Avenue and literally fomented a riot. Th- this is this is who they are. This is this. this and I just read, Tom, is, it, is what's her name? The, the like the the the. Uh, I can't think of her first name, but last name is Palladino. Is she the daughter of that lunatic there? I think so. There is in the city council in in New York. I believe so. Yeah, I think there's a few Republicans. There's a relationship. Yeah, no, there are a few. I mean, people would be shocked to know that there are several. There's a Republican. She just she just got thrown out of the city city council Hmm. chamber because she was she refuses to to get vaccinated or have a passport. I mean, this all politics is local. We had a county legislator race here. In Westchester County and in the district next to mine, where the incumbent lost to a young Trump Republican proud boy who refuses to Mm. get vaccinated and drove around in like a Trump style truck with big flags. And, uh, you know, we we didn't turn out enough. So we narrowly lost that race to this, you know, basically. And that's that's the point. If we're not pointing out that. They are Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is them, but they are also Marjorie Taylor Greene. They are Ted Cruz. Yes. They yes. are all the rest yeah. of these lunatics right. that are still there because that's who their party is. Yep. It's, it just exactly. should be that simple. It, yep. If their party were just Donald Trump, 147, 48, however many who voted to overturn our democracy and not accept electoral votes would not have done that, would they? Have? But they did because that's who they are. And, and that point can't yeah. be made enough times. So Tom's group, you know, I'm hoping to do something, and I won't get into details yet, that has some ringing that will ring similar to that in some ways here in Ohio. You know, a friend of our the show, of this show, Fred Wellman, is doing something like that. They just launched the Beer Hall pack, and we'll have him on at some point. That. That referring to the yeah. Beer Hall putsch uh, of, uh, that Hitler how Hitler first tried right. violently to get into power. And eventually when that didn't work, he came back and found another way. They put out a terrific ad where, where the was voiced by Ed Norton um, and, and, yep. you know, came out yep. and showed that they're going to hold them accountable, you know, and not just talk about, well, how's the economy and how's healthcare? No, we're going to talk about those issues too. But the, the whole point is when there's people that literally tried to overthrow our democracy, that's worth reminding people, I think. So. Yep. Totally. Mm-hmm. It was my usual shy take on things. So thank you for what you're doing, Tom. Is there anybody else, by well, the way, I that mean, um, you're working with there with the Super PAC? Anybody we might know? Anybody we should know? Anything else? You know, I don't know. To be honest, you know, the, well, the Super PAC right now, it's myself and Shannon Powell who founded the local Indivisible uh, chapter here. Um, cool. and it, which is one of the more successful ones. And we have a network of activists from around the country uh, from around the state, rather, who are kind of plugged into it. So that is our base. It's the sort of democratic activist base, um, uh, you know, regular Democrats. Um, and um, we had we had Daniel Goldman on a on a oh, on a on a fundraising Zoom with us last week. We'll have Eric Bowler. <laughs> He's going to be on with us the week after. We have Evelyn Farkas, who's also a TV commentator. She ran for Congress here. She didn't yep. win, but she has. She's sort of bringing the threat to democracy theme 
you know, to us. So we're, we're building a network of interested New Yorkers. It's a missing piece of the infrastructure here. It does, this kind of thing doesn't exist. And, you know, we've all seen like the Lincoln project type of thing, which is great in its own way, but the Democrats, we have to have this, we need this infrastructure. So I'm really glad to hear that there might be something that you're doing cliff and, 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 you know, to hear about some of the other areas, cause we need, this is filling a real gap. We have a messaging gap. We know we have that problem. Right. So it's good that some of us can, you know, step up and try to take action yeah. there. Hey, so speaking of a messaging gap, let me pull up another topic. This could be our last topic. We can see um, Jim Jordan blasted Biden and Schumer or whatever. I don't know how Schumer is responsible, but nonetheless, Schumer on Twitter for a number of things, including the abysmal delivery service from the Postal Service. Now, yeah. let me make two points here, one of which is. Um, it's Donald Trump's appointee, DeJoy, who is the one who you'll recall said he wanted to cut back on service. He literally destroyed mail sorting machines. Um, he cut back on the hours postal service workers were post, post men, post women were allowed to even work. Um, I talked to my DC mailman, the versus the male woman the other day, uh, a couple months ago, actually, and asked him what was going on. And he said, they don't let us do overtime anymore. He goes, and, and. They told us the priority are boxes or whatever you call boxes in the Postal Service, packages, whatever. So he oh. said, we've got to get through all the backlog of packages. And by the end of the day at five o'clock, if we haven't gotten to the mail yet, we put it off to the next day. And guess what that means? He said, then we've got twice as much mail the next day, but we've still got to get through the boxes first. My mom has not. She gets delivery every three to four days now in the Chicago suburbs. Our next door neighbor called that I talked to yesterday on January 9th and said to me, are you getting mail? I said, oh, no, same thing. One of you, he said, the last time we got mail was New Year's, nine days. And I told John, I just, I mean, I was expecting something from a client that got sent right before Christmas. I want to say the 22nd or the 23rd. A letter. A letter. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a letter. That not was, even a package. Uh, yeah. That, that where they're actually paying me. So it's nice to get money when it's, you know, and it, I didn't get it until yesterday. I yeah. got it January it 9th. Weeks. And that was that was coming from New Hampshire to Ohio. It isn't that far, folks. Well, and the reason I bring this I up, I have walked then, it there by then. Yep. And the reason yeah. I bring this up, and then we'll throw it to Tom, is Cliff and I talk a lot on the show, Tom, about democratic messaging and how how it doesn't just suck, but it sucks in an obvious way that I just don't even understand. You will recall how much have the Democrats been talking over the last year about the Postal Service. Not much. At the very beginning, they wanted to get rid of DeJoy. I mentioned this to my mom, and she goes, he's still there? I thought they got rid of him. I said, oh, no. Now, again, it's very hard legally to get rid of the guy. Yeah, but yeah. at the very least, you should be reminding people every fucking day about why their packages are coming late, because right now, it looks like Joe Biden fucked up COVID, and that's why your mail's not coming. And guess what else? I'll say quickly, yeah. and then, you know, before, because I think this is important. A yeah. lot of the people that, that a lot of folks get their medication and oh, yeah. their social right. security checks yeah. and all sorts of things they desperately need are coming in the mail, particularly older folks. Yeah. You'd think we'd be reminding them of the reason why they're not getting that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually yeah. good politics in a positive way, so to speak. Tom, go on. Yeah. No, it's good. You no, know, I mean, yeah. I mean, one of, one of the things, if you think about messaging, I think this is a good example of it is we tend to think if we give the perfect speech or or do the perfect one-time event, that's it. And I think the yep. one thing that Trump got right, evil man that he is, is the need for constant men. Yep. So that you are you are the one filling the gap. 
it, it, yep. it's just there's never not a message. You are well, they've understood going, that from the beginning. Like, it's a perfect message every time, right. but you are it's, there. Trump yep. is part of it, but they've understood. I mean, that's the reason that Mitch McConnell took on the war he took on, which was all about about politics, pretending it was a First Amendment issue around speech. Um, I mean, if yeah. you if you know McConnell's history, I've written about him before, whatever, you know that when Democrats were getting more money um, uh, from soft money back when soft and hard money were a thing with McCain-Feingold, he wanted to ban, you know, get, when they're getting more from soft money, he wanted to ban soft money. When, yeah. when Democrats were getting more from PACs, the dude actually, when he was first elected, one of the things he was talking about, and he may have even ran on it, was banning PACs. Why? Because Democrats were, we held the Senate right. of the House. We we held the house for forty years, and he wanted to. Set. It was all about power, and what he gets is that that we're just to give a specific example. We're, luckily, because this isn't the case in many other states, but the Louisville Courier Journal and Lexington Herald Leader, two biggest city newspapers in Kentucky, are actually liberal. Not all this is, as we know, this is not often the case. I think Ohio here, it's not even close hmm. to the case, and they would criticize him often. But what he got is mainstream media will both sides everything. They can only write yep. so many editorials ripping him. And if media, if, if the money was open like a spigot, he could be sharing his message on TV, radio, whatever, constantly about how great he was and wonderful and a tribune of the people. And he was right. You know, they get this stuff in a way that, that like, I don't understand. It's not it's not the fact that John and I get so upset and we're like, our messaging sucks is in like, why is that message so bad that we keep repeating? It's yeah. why is there no message we keep yeah. repeating? And it's and obvious. It's, it doesn't exist. Right. Like, we don't, we don't right. do it. There's a gap. This is what I'm saying. There is definitely a gap. And it, 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 there's that infrastructure that we, that we don't have. And, you know, we have to, we have to start to make. I think infrastructure is missing in people's up. brains. Seriously. You think a group is going to, I mean, maybe your group will, but an organization doesn't solve this. None of these no. people outside of Ruben Gallego, Swalwell, we don't think in these terms. Yeah. We, we that's what I mean. Yeah. No, we don't think like, I mean, our, our, um, our elected officials, our think tanks, our whole intellectual policy side of it, really believes that if you just make the best policy argument, you'll win. Bingo. It'll yep. sell itself. That's right. Yep. It's the best, you know, and I bring this yeah. up often, but I think I, I bring it up often because I think it's worth reminding people often. See messaging on this show, which is John and I, all, you know, we didn't have this podcast, but often during the Obama administration, you know, we, we were two voices out there like, why are we not messaging this? Yes, he's a brilliant speaker. Yes, people will remember more what he says because he's so good at that. But like, why have we allowed them to take over Obamacare? And turn it into something, turn Obamacare into a word like woke or into a word like Benghazi yeah. or into a word like or CRT or any number of things where they, they get a term, they turn it into something that has, ma- they, they de-branded, if you want to call it that, turn it into something that has massively negative feelings for people. And most of those people don't know any details about it or even why they hate it. They just know that yeah. they do. And they do it to people, obviously, right. too, Hillary Clinton and the rest. And, totally. and yet we, when Obama left the presidency, he famously said, "Like, is there anything you regret?" You could. He's like, "I wish we." It's like, "I wish I'd realized sooner that our policies weren't just going to sell themselves. That we need to communicate yeah. much more aggressively, you know, and all this sort of thing." And of course, people like John, are like, that's what we've been screaming about. Told you, um, yeah. And we saw some of that from Biden. And I was actually hmm. pleased and said it on this show, leading up to the, the to that COVID bill, 
where yes. they did some of that. They told people the couple most popular things they was going to do. And I mean, I thought they did a great job around that. Since then, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think most people could tell you what was in that COVID bill anymore. Yeah, I don't think but, most people could tell you yeah. what was in build back was in the infrastructure bill we passed. Yeah. Like we're, we don't, we don't tell people anything. We don't the, tell people the good the, that the we're infrastructure doing. And we don't tell was, people the bad that they're doing. The infrastructure bill was just a few months ago. They don't even fucking talk about it. All they talk about is the one they can't get passed. They don't even talk about the one they did pass. It was only a couple the, months ago. The bigger <laughs> like, problem with this is, is with some of these things and this uh, last thing I'll say on this, but with some of these things, you know, if you don't proactively message that you're doing a good job, they will, as John pointed out with Jim Jordan and the mail office, you know, USPS, they'll then grab it later because you haven't given them a narrative frame of how to think about yep. this. Yep. And they don't know what to think about it. They'll fill in that gap and say it's Thank your you. fault. And they're doing it with COVID Thank right you. now. Joe Biden said he'd cure COVID. And he, oh, yeah, I know. Tell people I know. Every day, all the <laughs> ways Republicans are undermining us that the party of COVID, that they, that, that, you know, you, you can, any number of people, that Marjorie Taylor Greene got kicked off Twitter for COVID misinformation, that the, the GOP account from Texas is telling people that masks are stupid, that, yeah. that Dr. Oz said it was acceptable to send kids back to school if we only lost one or two percent of them, you know, died. I mean, like, yeah. there's so much out there. That's just off the top of my head. There's yeah. a gazillion of these messages out there. And every time they say or write something else stupid about COVID, we should be reminding people under the frame of C, they yeah. don't care if your grandparents die. That's it. They, See, that's, that's offense, too. We need to play yes. more offense. They, we need to message against them instead of just messaging off of our back foot when they put something crazy out. Exactly. You know, it's, you have to have the offense on the field. You just have to have it out there. So – that is what frustrates me. Israel yeah. will eternally frustrate me. As John said, no, I mean, we've got this, this uh, no one organization can make up for all of it. No. But there are some good ones out there that, that we've talked about. Yes. They've been there for a while. There's Media Matters, there's organizations like The Hub and other ones. And now we can add to that list Tom's group in New York. So, yeah. I mean, the, the more, because uh, for whatever reason, our, you know, I don't like, I don't think the word establishment almost means anything anymore, but, but our, ins, our insiders don't seem to want to change. We need this kind of thing to, yep. to make that argument. Yep. Definitely. So definitely. Grr. Um, that's kind of all I've got. That's all Me I too. got. All right. Well, don't, Tom, anything final, final to add here? Go to no surrender ny.com. There you go. There you go. There you Where go. can they find you on Twitter, Tom? Um, at No Surrender NY, or just at Tom Watson, and I'll send you there because I I tend to promote my own thing. So wait, but that was that's one of those funny URLs. So it was No Surrender dot NY dot no, 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 just No Surrender NY dot com. Ah, okay. See, that was the problem. I got confused. So No Surrender NY dot com. Yep. yep. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys Thank for you. having me. I'm still feeling a little Absolutely. depressed. We've, we, Our New Year's resolution, I think Cliff should once again be, how do we make the shows more fun? <laughs> well, we have a time. Oh. We had some funny shows, or at least funny aspects to shows. Yes. If anybody knows of anything funny that actually happened out yes. there. I mean, I yes. wish the guy drinking his own pee could be funny, but it, it, it's actually real. So no, yeah. it's, it's I mean, not so funny. kind of a sad aspect to that. I know. Moment. Well, I, I've taken to ending the show with dad jokes, which actually have been pretty funny, but nonetheless, you know. You can only inflict that on people so many times. <laughs> How about you know? this, folks? We will come back next time, and I promise I will have a funny story. Something funny. Funny, funny, funny. I funny. swear to you. 
All right. Well, thanks, Tom. All right, fellas. This thanks, good. thanks a lot, Tom. Yep. Talk to you All soon. All right. Thanks, Cliff, care, as well. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Bye, guys. Signing off. Bye.